0: You're listening to a Fit Plus Love production. I've always believed in UFOs. Every time they come out with a new design, it's just another way of just spreading the joy to different demographics and whatnot. But the thing is, is that the shoes for every population, it was, I I thought there isn't anybody that can't benefit. When you think of shoes in general, most shoes are made out of material that literally dehydrate the connective tissue the soft tissue on the bottom of the feet and it's and it's because the nature of the material it can't do what our technology does which is the foam and the foam that we've got which is proprietary it that with the footbed design make it an ufos because the two synergistically they designed that footbed to maximize the property of this unique foam that they became aware of. There was a wonderful you know, chemist that came up with that foam and said, I think I've got something here. So you know, he approached our founders and said, look, I think we can work together. So the thing is when your foot's moving, like this allows it to move, which I've never found any, there's not all soft foams are the same. Some of them can actually bounce you all over the place. Our foam has got a real slower, it's a slower rebound. So there's not so much torque going on in other parts of the body. It's, it's more of a slower rebound to allow a, some somewhat of integrity to that movement over the footbed. And so for me, there really isn't anyone that can't benefit from the technology. It's really a matter of finding the style that suits you best.
1: That was Linda Jaros. This is Marnie Salop. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Welcome and welcome back to the Marnie on the Move podcast. I'm your host, Marnie Salop. This week on the podcast, we are launching a special mini series in partnership with Active Recovery shoe brand UFOs. In three inspiring and unique conversations, I will be highlighting UFOS brand ambassadors from the worlds of dance, triathlon, and wellness. Today, I sync up with wellness, breathwork, and mobility coach, Linda Jaros. She is also the brand educator, experience specialist, and company wellness coach at UFOS, the game-changing recovery footwear designed to keep your feet ready, always be chasing your goals. Before we dive into our conversation, shout out to our partners at UFOS. UFOS is the global leader in recovery footwear, founded by a team of industry veterans looking to help runners and fitness enthusiasts recover better from their workouts. Made with revolutionary UFOM technology, UFOS are designed to absorb 37% more impact than traditional footwear so your body doesn't have to, helping you recover and recharge between sessions. From professional athletes to casual walkers, Ufo's footwear will make your hard-working feet and body feel better. All you have to do is feel the ooh. Now, back to our guest, Linda Jaros. On this episode, I sync up with Linda to talk all things wellness, we talk about her career origins as a massage therapist, working in sports muscular therapy, specializing in injury and rehabilitation. Throughout her career, Linda has worked with athletes of all levels, Olympic, professional, and amateur athletes, as well as the weekend warrior. She is also a certified yoga instructor, a melt method instructor, and created breath fit a class that is a fusion of mobility, breathwork, and functional strength exercises. Linda is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to self-care and living a healthy lifestyle. During our conversation, Linda also touches upon the importance of active recovery and shares her experience treating common injuries like plantar fasciitis. If you are a runner or spend lots of time on your feet, I am sure you know this one well. Enter Ufos. Linda chats with me about how she first discovered the footwear brand. She gives me the rundown on Ufos latest products and details why the company's technology is the next best thing in everyday active recovery. I guarantee you are going to be adding these shoes to your holiday list. They truly are game-changing with styles for all kinds of activities. Get ready to be inspired. And don't forget, if you like what you hear, leave us a review on Apple. Head over to the app wherever you listen. Click on the Marnie on the Move podcast. Click on five stars and click on leave a review. Tell us what you're listening to and what you love. Also, Feel free to share this episode on your social channels, wherever you like to get social. And of course, sign up for our newsletter, The Download. Now on to my conversation with Linda. Where did your journey into wellness really begin? Well,
0: it started way back when I was a teenager and looking for ways to um, get through a little health difficulty. And I shouldn't say, I want to say it probably had more to do with the anxiety of being a teenager, but I had a lot of different, you know, issues that were going on in my body that I didn't realize was related to that until I got older. And uh, so I went about nutrition, um, started getting physical into exercise because that wasn't something that I was brought up with. Unless I was outside playing or doing something like that, structured physical activity didn't really happen with a lot of us unless, you know, now it's a, a natural thing parents to get their kids involved in sport and whatnot, but it wasn't in my generation. So for me, I went through a lot of different health difficulties that got me into that avenue of um, starting out, like I said, with nutrition. Once I got a handle on that myself, um, then I really got interested in fitness and I worked in a health club co-managing in the Boston area. It was like one of these multiplex clubs that had everything from work out to dance, which dance was something I got into early on because it seemed like a more fun way yeah. to move and get exercise. So I ended up starting to teach that. And then this club itself had physical therapy in it and had an office. So I wanted to go back to school and ended up actually and mainly because I could only afford yeah. <laughs> muscular therapy. However, um when I became and what I would say Sports muscular therapy was one avenue. And really, it just describes what group of people you wanted to work with. I just happened to be in an arena where a lot of professional athletes were walking in to the club. And the very first person that was my first client, her name is Patty Dillon. Back then, people would know her as Catalano. She was the first woman to break 220 in the marathon. Wow. And she still holds that record because she was the first. But she um, she was somebody that was coming into the club, and I had I I didn't have a shingle out or anything. She kind of knew me, and I asked if I could help her out because she was coming in from a run and she was limping and her knee was all swollen. And well, first I got her ice, and then she allowed me to. And we still talk about it to this day because I'm very much in touch with her 37 years later. She let me work on her. And I said, I don't know what allowed you, you know, what, you know, made you let me do that, but she did. And she introduced me to everyone in the running community because Bill Rogers, Joan Benoit Samuelson, it started to happen that people, um, you know, the referrals were the big thing. I didn't realize the work I did was different
1: when you're a runner and you're running and you're in that community everyone else is your family you know it's like when you're running in a new city or a new country or wherever you are if you're running and you see another runner it's like hey so of course it makes sense that people would share your information I mean nobody wants to not be able to do their next race and once you have one injury I would think there might be others and it's not always what you think it is So even if your knee is injured, right. I mean, it could be a totally other part of your body.
0: Well, absolutely. And, and, you know, it, back in that time, yeah. Massage therapy, you know, if you weren't working with athletes, you know, a lot of people questioned, Oh my gosh, you're doing massage for a living. But I loved the idea of, you know, seeing something to the end, somebody had an issue or problem and I could help troubleshoot and, um, I want to say that my motto way back then, because of the caliber of athlete I was attracting, was fake it till you make it. It really was. I didn't understand that what I did with my hands was a little bit different in that um, I worked deep, but more slowly than most Okay, so that you know, the athletes, you know, would have a chance of digesting the work that I was doing instead of this no pain, no gain. Right. So it wasn't, you know, I, I I have to say I did a little bit of that because if someone had scar tissue, it wasn't fun to get that worked on, but, um, it was, it was a little bit different. And like you said, it is a close knit group and they trust each other. So there was that sharing. Yes. You know, so, um, You know, that was the introduction to this whole world of working with athletes and uh, yeah. So, you know, teaching them self-care as well.
1: And so you started with runners and that was your foray into working in the industry of, you know, sports muscular therapy for injury and rehab.
0: What was the next group of athletes that you worked with? Well, it's really interesting. My now husband, he was a teaching tennis pro. And so there were, you know, it's really interesting when you start to meet groups of people that are looking for, you're starting to work with professionals. It's interesting in that realm. I worked really closely with a physical therapist way back then by the name of Dan Direk. He worked with the Celtics, he worked with the, you know, the Red Sox um, at one point, and he was kind of their lead for the medical teams in physical therapy he and I were working really closely together. So when he had different people coming in from other athletic or even professional backgrounds, he and I would work really closely. The work he did, he, he did a lot of, you know, joint mobilizations. And he also did soft tissue work, which was my expertise. However, it was great to have some other hands in there when he saw the work that I was doing and how people were getting response or results. Yeah that was a way of me getting into other areas of, you know, other athletes, tennis players and or um, swimmers, triathletes, um, you know, cyclists, you know, and sometimes I inserted myself into the group by wanting to get to know that group. So I would volunteer at some bike races that were going on years ago. And um, get a group together that would do massage therapy, and then I could see how their bodies were functioning. Yeah. I had an insatiable hap- appetite <laughs> for knowledge.
1: I think as an athlete, it's so important that, and also I think very overlooked massage therapy as as part of the discipline of training is and recovery. So, you know, when I do myofascial massage, it's not like a feel good laid down relaxed massage, but I feel like the work that's happening on my body really prepares me for the next block of training because you need to undo what you did, kind of and put things back together and you f- I think a lot of athletes don't necessarily add that. I think it's a luxury. so and I also think it's a luxury mentally. It's a luxury physically to be able to say, you know what? I'm gonna schedule a massage every other week from my body because I spend, six days a week training all year long.
0: No, and I, I think that that's a really good point you're making is a lot of people look at things that involve self-care as luxury. And it's it's an interesting concept. Right. And and very much in our society, they were using massage in Europe well before we kind of took it on. And I will say that, you know, there, there are massage, pieces of massage equipment that are out there that some of them are really, really... Um, you know, helpful. Others to me can kind of excite the nervous system depending on what you're using, but I do respect the fact that a lot of people don't have it in their budget necessarily. However, you know, it's, it's that expression of we make time for things yeah. that are important to us. Mm-hmm. You know, like if someone says, Hey, I'm busy. I, I kind of look at this, this way as well. Is that how important it becomes really important when you're injured? Cause there's not one athlete I ever met pro or otherwise that wasn't devastated if they couldn't do that race they trained all year for. Right. I mean, it's, it's a big deal. So, you know, it's that pay now or pay later thing. Yeah. And so I do feel like it's definitely something that's, that's a luxury that's really important and both mentally and physically. And and, I, and there's a lot to that when someone is making that time, there's a confidence too. I did everything,
1: yeah. not
0: just the work on the road, but I did the work off road too. Yeah. You know, so I agree.
1: I think we're seeing that in, in health and wellness now with the pandemic and people yes. having this big wake-up call with what they eat. It's been eye-opening. I mean, for people like us that are in this industry, it's part of our normal, right? To think about what we eat as fuel as for every day or for training or sports. But I think now it's even gone more mainstream, and I feel like with what you do, and with recovery, recovery and active recovery from everyday life or training, it should be right. in your normal. You know, We've all been sitting around in our houses, in our apartments, You know, not going to the office. Maybe we weren't racing, we weren't training. There still needs to be some kind of movement. And also, you need to take care of your body and still you know, think about how are you gonna add this massage or movement to your everyday.
0: Right. And, you know, and a big one, too, as as you know, is that there's so many different platforms where um, meditation, various forms are offered, lots of different apps. And I, I always say to somebody, it's the one that you do that's the most important thing or the thing that, you know, you incorporate into your lifestyle. When someone says, hey, what do you think is the best? And I say, explore, just really get creative, explore all different ones and one that you're drawn to that'll be your best form of self-care all around, Yeah, you know, is, is, yeah. So it's meditation. Many a medita- platform.
1: Yeah. Do you, is that what, are there some apps that you'd recommend that you like right now?
0: Well, you know, it, like I said, I, it's funny. We have, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a wellness coach for the UFO staff as well. And I do that outside of it, but you know, some people that want apps that have guided meditation, you know, calm is a very popular one. There's another one that I've been playing with all year called sync tuition and it uses what's called binaural beats, oh, which yeah. are, you know, brainwaves. Okay. You're familiar. I figured you would be. And so what's great about that one is it's infused into it so that when somebody is getting into the state, it kind of assists the, yeah. Pro- the process. Yeah. It's like guided meditation. Yeah. Well, yeah. And there's a little bit of guided verbal at the beginning of it. And then the voice goes away and there's sound effects and various things that allow those beats to be in there and there's music. Um, Every one of them has a theme. So you have an intention, a little bit behind it, which is kind of fun. And what I liked about it is, it's about 25 minutes, 20, 25, is when you're done, there really was a feeling of, hmm, I think it took me deeper in that short period of time with a guided. But uh, once again, there's headspace, there's there's calm, there's yeah. some that focus on breathing, which are great if somebody wants to develop that practice. But uh, like I said, Sync Tuition was the one that I was playing with the latest this year saying, huh, they infuse that. And there may be some others, but um, I just, I think that they're just so great for everybody because it it's just that assistance, that little, you know, you've got someone in your back pocket or... And you can plan the time during the day, yeah. to do it or at night, yeah.
1: I love that. I was using a headsets from a company called BrainTap, and it's very similar, like the binaural beats and the light wave technology and entrainment and, and all of those. The light, the sound—it's so amazing. It's really, it was really game changing for me because having the headsets, having the guided meditation, and also the music and the lead sort of voice talking me through, because I can't sit down and meditate. Like, it's just not, (laughs) but it was really for people like that. I mean, I've heard calm is really great, but I haven't tried it. You mentioned breath work, which I know that's also a big part of what you do. So talk to me a little bit about that and how you got into that. It's funny.
0: Years ago, I was, I was looking for something to add to my practice because very often I, I look for that other tool in my toolbox that I could share with my clients. What I didn't know, Marnie, is that <laughs> when I went for this course that suggested that you, you know, all these wonderful benefits, I, um, I didn't realize I was doing it for me first. It's that whole expression of put your oxygen mask on first yes. before you go to help someone else. It was literally life-changing for me in that. When I was younger and I mentioned that I had gone through anxiety, like a lot of pubescence, but there were other things going on in my life. What I was able to do and what I found that breath did is it's something we have to do every day. But at a very young age, when children go into school or when they're playing the game of holding the breath, we change our patterns. So we're born with this really, unless it's been a traumatic birth, We're born with this ability to have an open, flowing breath. And then somewhere along the lines, it can change. Like I said, depending on birth, childhood experiences, trauma in life. So what I didn't realize is my pattern, even though I studied yoga and I learned all these yoga breathing techniques, what I didn't realize is I was very good at controlling my breath. I wasn't good at letting it flow and really opening it. So what I learned was, and there's many different circular breathing techniques out there in the marketplace, I learned a circular breath, which means you're connecting the breath. You're not holding it in at the top of the breath or the bottom. So you're breathing. If you were to do it fast, it would be hyperventilation. That's okay. not what this is. Okay. It's very slow and it feels good. So I get into this breathing class. And I'm with seven other people that are going through facilitator training. Linda can't just go in and do a breath class. No, I had to become a facilitator. That's my Could type of went in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so what happened was that first session, I laughed, I cried, I, I had every emotion. I wasn't hanging in the emotion. And when I was done, we had done it for an hour. He had us do it. I thought it was five minutes. Wow. I get up and I'm sitting there and I've got this smile on my face that I don't know where it came from, except for this feeling of euphoria. And I thought, what was that? And I continued to learn more that that breath practices, conscious breathing is something that can integrate, particularly if you stay still. Like in other words, we did this lying down. If you stay still and you're not exercising, you allow your organs and your emotional system to really integrate old energies, tensions, um, traumas, without having to get into the depths. You're actually processing it through breath. So for me, it was life changing. it It helped me get more um, intuitive because my brain was quieter. Mm-hmm. Um, now you know it's a daily practice for me, Marnie. Not hours and hours. But I do it daily because it's almost like I connect in with the quiet place that allows me to be more creative, that allows me to um, make better decisions around everything. And so um, it was something that I really enjoy. So that's where it became, if someone said, oh, do you do a meditation practice? Well, that's what I call it. Because I think it's one of the easiest way to get in to a meditation practice is breath.
1: Right. It is. I mean, I, I think that in like in the concept of what meditation is, it's, it's sitting still with yourself and breathing. And that's basically, you know, all you're doing and think you're trying not to think you're trying to like quiet your mind. At the same time, you're trying not to do
0: anything like
1: force yourself to quiet your mind, you know, back to the old yoga.
0: Absolutely. You know, so it was a it was a way that I think that what I was surprised with is I thought I knew how to do that through yoga. Mm. But yoga became, and it was for me, another form of exercise. So I I had to look at that for myself. So when I did breath and I got still, it was a very different experience for me. And it was, I, I understood why in yoga they call Raja Yoga the kingly yoga, which is right. a meditation. And I think I understood it for the first time yeah. when I had that experience. Yeah.
1: Interesting. Breath work sounds like something I would be very interested in exploring more so than just the idea of meditation.
0: I agree with you. I, I think it's yeah. And um, and it's funny because a lot of times when I would talk with people, I go, why do we put that word work after things? Yeah. You know, but it, but it's true because I, I used to talk to people about play with it. Right. Like when I make suggestions, I go, it's just an idea. Um, You know, in other words, people think there's a one way to do things. And I said, no, play with it, because your body's got this innate intelligence to know what feels right with it. Everything from a meditation app to nutrition, even if we get quiet enough, we actually know what supports our nourishment or our body. Same thing with exercise. Most people that overtrain, they know they're doing it. (laughs) And, and if they got real quiet to hear it, some of them don't want to because, you know, if I don't have to think about it or I don't have to be aware of it. So it's it's a really interesting, it's been a great thing for me to kind of stay in check with that aspect of me that could go in those directions. That is you know? so true
1: that you just said that. And I completely was just taken back to so many times when I know that I'm overtraining and it's almost like, okay, I'm overtraining, keep going. And then at some point your body says stop by like, you know, shutting down or your ankle is twisted or your knee is no longer working. And that's the point where someone like you has to come in and <laughs> be, you, you, well, you, you're, know, you I come in at all stages, right? You're like, here's what you should do as part of your everyday routine.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, this is the thing, too, is that when you think about when, when there, there's been this programming around training and getting mm-hmm. ready for a race, Yes. You know, everybody will tell you there's going to be some pain. Well, when you're in the race and you're getting to that point where you got to work through that, I get it. Totally get it. However, there's, you know, there's a, there's a method that I studied melt method. There's a woman out there that's, that's um, you know, it involves a lot of different things, but the basis of it is she made a, she made a statement, which is so good. Why would you put yourself in pain to get out of pain? And I would ask everybody is whether you're using foam rolling, whether you're using a massage equipment, whether you're getting a massage, if your nervous system is overexcited, whether it's on the table or when you're doing it and you're going, oh, this hurts so good. And I've watched it at every expo I've ever been to. I walk around and I see the new things out there for recovery (laughs) and I go, oh, my, you know, like because everybody's saying it hurts so good so we've gotten programmed to think that that's the way that that you you do it you just kind of tough through it and i think it's good for all of us to take pause and say well why why have we accepted that and and it's not working very well by the way right <laughs> because no one stays with it or if they do stay with it it's a small group that stay with that no pain no gain but it's um it is part of when you're in a race and you're getting to that point. I understand that. That's different. That's performance and it's um you know the level of performance, but right? It's more the the other self-care that we do that I would I would ask that about. Right. Nobody should be training mm-hmm. through pain. Well, you know, I think that there's a difference between pain and effort and like, you know, when somebody's working on their edge or they're getting to that point but I think that pain is a real word. It's, it's kind of a warning sign yeah, yeah. <laughs> that our body gives to us. Um, so, we, so you get that little, you get that little, you know, jab, right? You're out on a run and you're going along and all of a sudden, you know, your knee, you know, you get the first jab and then you go, huh, okay. And, but it went away. It's when it kind of becomes a steady thing that usually people will pay attention to it or look at it. And, um, and I think professional athletes, they really can't afford to have training injure them if they're being paid to do what they're doing. So however, you know, there's a lot of cortisone and things being used or whatever to right. get them through a game. And so there's a certain amount of pressure being put on certain athletes that right. have that reputation with on the team. But yeah, I, I think that it's it's something that, it, that was sad to see over the years that, people made it part of, oh, it was almost like, um, right. Like the, no. you know, gain, it's no part gain. of it. Yeah. It's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's just part of it. That you, it was more acceptance, I guess. And so I think that like you were saying earlier, you're right. People are starting to look at that though, a little bit more. We have a lot more that we're talking about. I mean, you're talking to me about self-care and you're getting massage yeah. and, and, um, people are doing those things. So I mean, it, it, yeah. it's, um, a better direction. You can yes. get ahead of
1: it, right? I mean, that's how you get ahead of it. Yeah. You know, all the work you do on your body that you put outward, you need to bring
0: inward too. Absolutely. And and sometimes it's just building in those rest days, Marnie. I mean, you yeah. know, that's another thing. It's like, you know, somebody's on a schedule or whatever, or or their exercise is is connected to their self-worth in that day. And I, and a lot of people are going to know what I'm talking about that are Mm -hmm. listening because if they don't exercise, then I didn't do anything today. And, and I had that, I had that, that dis-ease, if you will. (laughs) It didn't feel good, but I was compelled rather than as fitness. And as I've gotten in, I want to be able to be, be active way into my even later years than now. But so it's really important to me to kind of listen to my body and realize that, hey, you know, I did a hike at 11,000 feet because I live at 7,100 feet. So all my workouts are at altitude. But I, um when I go out and do something, I kind of look at it and say, okay, what am I going to do the next day? And what is my, you know, little bit of self-care, which, like I said, I take pauses every day. But, um and let me tell you, I feel better now than I did in my, you know, in my 20s, 30s, 40s, and even 50s, which is, Amazing for me to say, but I do. And I, I think I I kind of learned the hard way like everyone else. <laughs> and for my listeners who are athletes, I know that a lot of people
1: are now like a rest day is definitely something that everybody seems to be doing, at least in my, you know, personally, people I speak to, athletes I meet, everyone's on board with the rest day. I think, you know, for my listeners who are not athletes, I think you know, it's also important to understand that if you're not an athlete, you still need to have a rest day where you're not doing stuff and a self-care day where it's just all about you. And that doesn't mean walking, you know, 10 miles or (laughs) taking just one fitness class (laughs) or even really practicing yoga because then your body's not resting.
0: No, it isn't. Not the physical form, not the asanas for sure. Yeah.
1: And I think Mm -hmm. something that kind of crosses through all level all fitness all athleticism all careers is certain injuries that people get that are very common from just standing walking and moving like plantar fasciitis.
0: Yes. Yes, yes.
1: All of my different groups of listeners can relate to this because whether you're, you know, a makeup artist or you know, you're on the road all the time, or you're a triathlete or a runner, or you're practicing yoga, it's something that comes up at some point of your life, if you're overusing certain muscles. Yes. What do you think about that? I mean, that's something also that people run through or train through, or, you know, and then after their (laughs) life. Oh, yes. I mean, including myself, I have had, I haven't, knock on wood, had plantar fasciitis in a long time, but, you know, you never know. (laughs)
0: It's really interesting within the podiatry association, if you look up the statistics, 80% they relate, you know, foot issues, not just plantar fasciitis, but foot issues in general to improper footwear. And so this is the thing, most of our footwear that that we wear today is made out of harder materials. If it's performance footwear like running shoes or anything that you're using athletically, that's intended for propelling you to go and do that activity, which is great for the activity. The thing is, a lot of people, and especially during the pandemic, they were wearing, you know, a lot of the athletic wear, if they didn't have to wear heels, thinking that that was better. And that was great. It's better than the heels somewhat. Um, But a lot of people that were wearing heels were shortening their Achilles and shortening their plantar ligament. And so what happened when they took the heels off was everything was stretching. So there was a big rise when I talked to podiatrists during the pandemic of people with issues with their feet because they were on hard floors at home and all these different things, stand up desks that everyone thought was so great for them, but they hadn't really done before, but they thought, okay, I'm at home. I should do something healthy. So it was just this, the body wasn't used to it. It's like the footwear when people were talking about barefoot running. When that first came on the scene, boy, was my office busy the people that <laughs> <Sure>. thought, yeah, <laughs> let's go and take this. Well, you go from a little rise in the back of the foot, so yeah. it's like wearing a small heel when you're athletic, and then you all of a sudden are barefoot and you're on all this uneven terrain. And well, it's great to strengthen your feet, but everybody was doing it for every run. Nobody adapted into it, so it was real interesting. Plantar fasciitis, I think, is is a huge one for people overtraining. I think it's a big thing that I saw in my practice where somebody was just getting into fitness if it was a weekend warrior or someone that had never exercised and this did happen during the pandemic because people got outside walking because everyone said you need to be healthy and so they started exercising like crazy and it became where their body just didn't have time to adapt and to absorb it and to lengthen and so the plantar fascia it's a ligament and so the ligament doesn't have blood supply it's very very little so everything around it's got to adapt. And if it doesn't, then that ligament gets the work. And also, you know, the deep muscles of the feet, if they're not doing their job, that's why this great exercises, one's called short foot that you can do to strengthen the feet. It just really gets those muscles to wake up underneath. And it's usually part of rehab. Yeah. So anyone that's had plantar fasciitis, and if they went to their PT, they probably, you know, learned that one, but you know, there, there's so many different reasons. If someone put on a lot of weight, all of a sudden, um, many women that, you know, are becoming pregnant, you know, become pregnant, you know, their feet aren't used to it and they're not wearing supportive shoes. Right. That can be another issue. So, you know, it comes on for many reasons. It returns, I think, because people either don't get to the source of it and really get to what created and or. They're in that habit of, I'm just going to keep overtraining and, you know, because of the obsessive nature of various activities that get people back into it. So, but that is where, when I was introduced to Ufos, that was the first thing. Tell me about Ufos and how you connected with the brand. There's four founders of Ufos. And one of them was somebody who I worked with years ago. I worked with his, his um, ex-wife you know, she was an athlete and and he knew about me because of my work with the professionals. Right. So most of the people were involved with all different companies, you know, Reebok, Adidas, Nike. We've got a variety of talent that have come to UFOS that created this. But he just he just, you know, out of the blue, he had moved to the West Coast, sent me an email and, and I hadn't seen him in 20 years and said, hey, you know, are you available to do massage? I'm flying into the East Coast. I said, Sure. So he's on the table and he nonchalantly tells me that a few of the the gentlemen, you know, that they'd stayed in touch over the years, that they created this footwear. And, you know, um, I want to send you a pair and see what you think. I was by myself at my wellness center when this box arrived. I opened it up and it was a hot pink (laughs) Uh, original thong sandal. And I looked at it and I had never worn that style shoe because the toe posts always hurt between my toes. Me too, yeah. All right, yeah. So I was like, oh, but when I put them on and I literally say this to everyone, it was like a love affair. I never, I didn't take them off. I made everybody that came into my office step on the material because I really didn't imagine that the arch support and the softness would be maintained as I continued to wear it. I just, because I didn't know about the technology. They didn't tell me a thing about the technology. And I just kept reporting back to them what was happening in my body because I was very body aware and nobody had done that up till that point because they hadn't launched yet. And they asked if I would speak with the marketing director and would I work together with her. And it literally with she and I and me talking to her, the recovery story and or I think we called it rejuvenation at first, because recovery didn't exist. Nobody talked about it. So when we brought that, I believe that UFOS really pioneered recovery and footwear because nobody really had talked about it. And over the years, I mean, the research studies that we have right now to back up what I already knew, because I could feel it. And then my clients that were coming in with plantar fasciitis and this is where that comes in. Right. I didn't know if the, if our foam or our technology would move too much for them, but what ended up happening was the pressure was being taken off of where that ligament attached to the heel bone. And now I understand that in fact, we've measured it and the forefoot and the heel is literally, you know, because you've got the arch support, weight is taken off the front and the back. So as you walk through the gait cycle in our shoes, it allows your foot to move in all planes of motion as if you were on grass or sand. So the deep muscles of the feet, and this is something that we are hypothesizing because we haven't measured it. It would be very intrusive to measure the muscle strength, apparently. Um, But there is that, you know, when the podiatrists are recommending us they're they're finding that they were making other recommendations, and then their patients were coming in saying, I know you said this shoe, but this is actually relieving it. We actually got the seal of acceptance by the, the American Medical Podiatry Association this past year because it was solving some major issues with that. So I got really excited because it was replicated over and over again in the early years. And it kind of it happened because it worked. It's like I think Marty, you know. If there's things that you use over the years, it wouldn't matter what science said if it didn't work.
1: Right. I connected with UFOS at a triathlon event and tried the shoes for the first time, the sandals. Also, not a fan of the toe, like the thong that goes in between (laughs) your toes. And I tried it after a race. And that was six, seven years ago. Whenever you guys first launched, it it was in the early days of UFOS. And now... I have ufos in my transition area at every race so when I come back from the run I just put my ufos on because they really work (laughs) it's good to get out of your sneakers and it's good to put these shoes on because they're not just sandals or flip-flops like they are actually working on letting your feet recover from whatever you just did but also I've gotten them for friends that are that are you know, hair salon owners in New York City. Yes, and they they had plantar fasciitis, and they're on their feet all day. And now, I think you know anyone that's really you know you don't have to be an athlete. Anyone that's on their feet all day, and especially I was thinking it would be great for people who have been working from home. You know, you're walking around in your socks. Are so you wearing shoes? UFOS would be a great solution. I'm not just saying that because we're having this conversation, but I mean, I literally, I honestly really do say that to everyone I talk to. I'm wearing them now (laughs) because I don't wear heels anymore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know we're sitting down and we're doing our recovery. Yeah.
1: I'm sure you get a lot of testimonials from people, just regular customers.
0: Well, you know, it's interesting is that the podiatry and getting the acceptance, what's really funny about that is we had acceptance from the, from the community and from people that are looking for relief. So to me, that just added to that. One of the reasons why I actually retired my practice on the East Coast at the end of this past year and moved to Colorado because, you know, my husband and I love it here. And so this is the thing, though, when I, when I did that, I called the founders and said, look, I wanted to do something meaningful for the next chapter of my life, and this I've always believed in UFOs. Every time they come out with a new design, it's just another way of just spreading the joy to different demographics and whatnot. But the thing is, is that, you know, the shoes for every population, it was, I, I thought there isn't anybody that can't benefit. When you think of shoes in general, most shoes are made out of material that literally dehydrate the connective tissue, the soft tissue on the bottom of the feet. And it's and it's because the nature of the material it can't do what our technology does, which is the U foam and the foam that we've got, which is proprietary. It that with the footbed design make it an UFOs because the two synergistically they designed that footbed to maximize the property of this unique foam that that they became aware of. There was a wonderful you know chemist that came up with that foam and said, I think I've got something here. So you know, he approached our founders and said, look, I think we can work together. So the thing is when your foot's moving, like this allows it to move, which I've never found any, there's not all soft foams are the same. Some of them can actually bounce you all over the place. Um, our Ufoam has got a real slower, it's a slower rebound. So there's not so much torque going on in other parts of the body. It's, it's more of a slower rebound to allow a, some, somewhat of integrity to that movement over the footbed. And so for me, there really isn't anyone that can't benefit from the technology. It's really a matter of finding the style that suits you best, getting the proper fit. So anyone that's listening, what I would say is we have this saying in UFOs called feel the fit. And you feel it from the arch out. It's not about just the sizing, it's about feeling it. and. Now that the retailers are open, you can actually go into places and try them on. But we also have free shipping and returns on our website. So if something doesn't fit, you don't have to worry about that. It's a matter of how quickly, you know, you want to be, you know, walking in your ufos.
1: So tell Um, me a little bit about the
0: different shoes that you have now, because it's not just sandals. No, we, we started out with the thong style and they really wanted to get it on as many people as possible. That's why that was the first design. They thought, let's just get the footbed. But for people that don't handle the toe post, we've got a couple of different varieties of slides. We have one that's a non-adjustable and it comes in basic colors, but also really, really fun designs on the top. We have got a, an adjustable called the sport flex slide, which oh, solved so many issues for anyone with a wider foot. I have a wide foot, so that's my choice. So I wear that one. We've got the ooh-la-la, which is another thong style for someone with a more narrow foot. And so it's got a more narrow last to it. And I've got a wider foot and I will wear those. And go when I go out to dinner or whatnot, if I want a little more support, I'll go back to the original or the original sport. And the original sport is, it really is a more sporty painted design on top. So when people go to the website, they'll know the difference. The footbed on all of our shoes are the same. And that's what's really great is that whatever you pick, you're going to get the footbed. Just the upper is going to be a bit different. So this time of year, the you know, when it starts getting cooler out in many places, we've got the clog, which is a right. great slide in. Really, really awesome. Pretty designs on the top. We've got a whole line of what's called our UMGs. And our UMGs are our closed shoe. A lot of people refer to them as a tennis looking shoe. Right. But the, Yes. Yeah. The textiles on the top are all four-way stretch. Okay. So we've got three different textiles. One is the mesh, nice and flexible on the top. We've got a, a fiber textile that we've got in the men's right now. That's a little bit softer, but same thing, four-way stretch. And then we've got a canvas called the Easy. Okay. And that's a little more snug fit because the canvas has a little bit more, it, it conforms over the foot, but with all of them, the reason why they're all four, four-way stretch was very deliberate in that they didn't want to inhibit what was happening over that footbed. They still want you to have the natural movement. So that is why it's it's got stretch to it there and very appropriate for that. And then we've got our boots. We've got boots so that little roomier feel on our boots. So it'll accommodate a heavy sock, but once again, same footbed. I used them last winter. Anytime that, you know, we have a style come out, it really is the people are asking for different styles. And, you know, we have a lot of, we have some fun things coming up this winter. If anybody wants to, you know, be aware of what's coming up on Ufos, they could go on and get on our email list and they'll know about the designs coming out. But we've got something coming out this winter and in the spring, which I am super excited about both. And I don't want to, I don't, spoiler alert, I don't want to give it away. However, it's going to really, really, um, the one that's coming out in the spring is going to, you know, be awesome for the outdoor market. Anyone that's active, I can't wait because I tested it. And in the winter, something that's going to be really cozy and fun for the wintertime. So exciting. Yes, 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 yes.
1: And so as the wellness coach at UFOs, what are some of the activations you're doing, especially during the pandemic?
0: I think that self-care is a real mission for me with with the team at UFOs as well as anyone that I meet yeah because and it's not just since the pandemic it's become more important since then, everybody that's working virtually now and You know, there was a lot of isolation initially and now people are seeing each other. But, you know, there's a possibility of someone having to be in that situation again or, you know, people working remotely. It's not changing anytime soon. Right. So part of that message, I have three times a week, I send out emails to our team. There's a mindfulness Monday, wellness Wednesday and feel good Friday. And they're actually little messages of, suggestions. I always say to people, you know, I had a Tai Chi teacher that said he used the word idea instead of you should do this. And I loved that because I I do believe that everybody really innately will know what feels good to them. And I really encourage people to just tune in. And so if if it appeals to them, explore it. If it doesn't move on. Um, so, and then I, I do some of what I call self-care checks. Other people might call it wellness checks, but I'll reach out to someone and see how they're doing because I get to know everybody right. um, when they onboard. So um, uh, I do videos for UFOS and I'm going to get, you know, in 2022, I'm going to kind of broaden that. Um, everything on breath and mobility is a big thing for me when we're sitting down and our backs are stiff is movement and simple movement so it can complement even the someone with the most active lifestyle. If somebody's already got their strength program, their cardio program, I'm just doing, you know, taking care of our spine, you know, our joints. So that's a real big part of that as well. People that work there are so lucky that have access to someone like you
1: to guide them and offer them insight and advice as well. It's
0: been a real, it's, it's really fun for me because it's such a passion. So I, I wake up in the morning and I literally say, I get to do this. (laughs) I mean, I did that with the other work that I did. And I told myself, as I go through life, it's really important because when you think about how many hours in a day we engage with a particular what we call work. And so if we don't enjoy it, that can be a great source of stress for people. So I'm just really feeling fortunate that I've been able to work with a company that is making a product that makes people feel better. And that's their mission. It's pretty fun. And when they care about the employees enough to find what I'm doing to support our culture within UFOS, you know, that's pretty special too. Yeah. Because not everybody does that. So yeah, that's been really rewarding. And now you're
1: in Colorado. So that's amazing. You're living your best life. I mean.
0: I was living in Rhode Island for about the last 30 years, but I started in the Boston area. I worked, you know, outside of there. It was interesting. We've had a condo here in Pagosa Springs, the southwest part of Colorado, for a number of years. And ironically, right before the pandemic, it got flooded. So I called it a water blessing because we had to renovate the whole thing. And then we we kind of looked at we had planned on at some point getting here. And I thought, what is this deal with retirement? <laughs> I I thought, you know, my husband's, you know, in his mid-60s, I'm in my early. And I said, you know, I want to still do things, but I want to physically be in an environment where, you know, right now, Marnie, I'm looking out at, you know, a, a 180 view of the mountains here oh my in God. Southern Colorado. And <laughs> so it's very expansive. <laughs> it's beautiful. Well, it, ma- it makes you want to take a deep breath. And yeah. I, I live near the ocean, but unless I was on the ocean... I didn't get that feeling, but I I get it every day. Yeah, and and it's, you know, outdoor lifestyle is very, not in every part of the country. People get outdoors that want to have that part of their life. So we find it everywhere. It's kind of like, it's a culture here. It's like, you feel it, you know, it's palpable. And I can just, you know, a mile up the road, I can be in the National Forest, which is like, wow. So I feel extremely grateful, extremely grateful that I'm able to to do what I do, you know, and and live there. That's awesome. This has been so great. It's so wonderful to have met you and chatted with you. Very, very happy to meet you as well. And and like I said, you know, find out a little more about what you have been doing. So I appreciate that you're helping to bring this information that everybody's contributed on, on, you know, all your podcasts. It's a great asset. To humanity, it really is. So thank you. Thank you. This has been awesome.
1: Thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the Move. If you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social at Marnie on the Move for Facebook and Instagram and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com for more info on this episode links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. Email me, marnieonthemove one at gmail.com, and let me know what you're enjoying, what you want to hear more of. If you have questions for our guests, just reach out.